It was August 2003. It was a hot L.A. summer night. I had on one of my phenomenal party dresses. And I had on my attitude. It was this attitude that comes along when you're in your 20s you look in the mirror you like what you see and you feel as though you can do what you want to who you want when you want there was a nightclub I frequented in Carson California which I was living in Santa Clarita and if memory serves me correctly I think that was a 30 plus mile drive that I would do each Saturday and sometimes Friday also and it was so worth it to me because when I had the opportunity to move back to Los Angeles uh, at that age at 22 Uh, I really, really utilized it for all it was worth and for what I wanted. That included knowing that I could have who I want and who I wasn't interested in, I would dismiss, which is not okay, (laughs) you know, I know that today, and I, if I'm being honest with myself, I knew that then. It didn't stop me, though. So there was a guy who I gave him a, you know, a little bit of my time. And when I was done with him, I was done with him. But I did it in a way that was very irresponsible and selfish. And if the shoe were on the other foot, I would not have been okay with how I did it. So this guy was a promoter sometimes at this club that I frequented. Uh, There was a couple of guys that I liked at this club, which is one of the main reasons I went often and went by myself because this was my candy star, if you will. So when I decided I was done with that guy, I disposed of him, if you will. Uh, Like I said, the way I did it was not okay. And I did it with an arrogance, but at the same time, I have this naivete, you know, as I'm, I'm playing that role of that bad girl, but I'm, I'm not smart about it. I'm just playing a role, really. And, well, all of these men were at least 10 years older than I am, or I was. This guy... Now, there's no proof, but I already knew. (laughs) Uh, I already knew that... I wasn't surprised Uh, when I it was time to leave the club it was like 2am 
and my tires were slashed. Yeah. So I thought I was playing a game. I was being rude. (laughs) And I did this often. And then I had this friend. A friend who I also thought it was just as cute as all of the other men there that I had a crush on. And this friend, he was there for me that evening. It was morning, actually. It was after 2 a.m. This friend had seen me in action before. Now, this friend, although we liked one another, the interesting thing about him, he would look at me with a... (laughs) Oh... I laugh because I understand this look now. And I, again, being honest with myself, I understood the look then. He looked at me with a bit of, what are you doing, disgust. And I could see it. But at that time, I was having the time of my life, and that was what was important to me. And he'd been around me before when guys would come up to me and dance and I'd flip my hair, roll my eyes and turn around and look back at him. And he'd say, you know, sometimes it takes these men all evening to get up the nerve to approach a woman. And for you to be so flippant and dismissive, that's not cool. I'm 22. I flip my hair when he says, I'm like, whatever. And I keep dancing. I laugh and... He's still looking at me like, oh my God. (laughs) But he was there. He was always there. And if I had been smart, smarter than trying to play the role of bad girl at that time, I would have, I would have listened without being flippant. Because I knew that he could see through me. And that was the look on his face. And he was, as I said, he was always around, but I was so busy being 22-year-old Marcy is hair flipping, uh, belly bearing. I mean, when you think of like, when you think of Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie, that era, I was the same age of as those girls at that time. And that, you know, without the drugs and excessive drinking, I was living a similar life. I was wearing the same kind of outfits. <laughs> And at that time, I thought I was having a blast. And I was. I was having a blast at that time. And it was interesting to have someone in my life because my parents at that time were in Washington State. I was living with my sister. Uh, And California is my home base. But, uh, you know, uh, through my dad's uh, career, we would move. We moved about two different times Uh, 
before I moved on to, you know, on my own. Uh, so that had me living in Alaska at one point, And then my parents bought a home in Washington State. So from Washington State is when I moved to L.A. Uh, so my parents, you know, were unaware. And I liked to, at that time, do my dirt alone. So although I had friends, uh, this was not the time I wanted them with me because I wanted to have those men there for me to flirt with and have my fun with. And that's why I say I was having the time of my life. I wouldn't do it differently, in all honesty. I would not. But this friend who was always there and who could see through me and that we liked one another, but at the same time, he couldn't stand me. And I could see that. And I overlooked it because I wanted to be and do what I wanted to do. And it was not being a kind person at that time. Uh, My kindness, I don't even know if it was in my back pocket at that time. I just kind of was like, no, I'm just here having the time of my life. But this friend could see through me. And that evening when my tires were slashed, as he often was, he was there for me. We'd been intimate before, and uh, we were intimate that evening as he waited with me. uh, Because, as I said earlier, this was 30 miles from where I lived, and I had to wait for a tow truck. This is a Saturday night in Los Angeles. Uh, Freeway, busy as ever, per usual, and I'm waiting on a tow truck. Oh, so this is like 2.15 a.m., let's say, when I got out of the club. The tow truck probably came around 4.30 a.m. And my friend waited with me. And when I say we were intimate, yeah, we were intimate there in my car. <laughs> at that age and at that time, I was like... Yeah, I like it. I'm cool with this. And, you know, um, by the time the tow truck came, we had fallen asleep. And it was about two and a half hours later. Uh, So when it arrived, you know, uh, it's it's still nighttime or very, very early morning. So I woke him up to, you know, show him that they were there. And... I don't remember the time frame of me getting out of the car and them getting the my car attached and all. But I'd be willing to bet that I never thanked my friend for staying with me. Because if he had not stayed with me, the guy that did slash my tires Uh, that wasn't going to end well. And when I think back on it current day, I'm just like so thankful that he stayed with me because that was not going to end well. This other guy knew that I lived nowhere close to Carson. (sighs) I saw my friend again in September of 2003. 
I had just begun dating another guy and we were actually starting to live together. And uh, when I saw my friend at this club, we were dancing on the dance floor and we kissed. And I told him he was such a great kisser. My friend was like, I know. <laughs> and, uh, but what I did not know is that my brother-in-law's brother and his wife were also at that club on the dance floor. <laughs> they saw me. They assumed that my friend was my boyfriend. So the following day, uh, I was talking to my mom on the phone like a three-way conversation the guy was dating was on another phone within our apartment and we were talking to my mom and my mom happened to be telling us that my brother-in-law's brother saw me at the club and thought that I was with my boyfriend so the guy I just started living with of course he knows he wasn't there that went on to be a very dramatic six-year relationship because it was on again off again dramatic meaning it was on again off again he he was there for me um, but I messed up because I did what I did that evening with my other friend that was the last time I saw my friend I've thought about him often over the years. I talk about him all the time, even to my husband. I talk about different scenarios uh, and moments and things he said to me because, like I said, at that point in my life, I knew what I was doing was wrong. And he was the one person around me at that time who could see through me. Um, and he would tell me, you know, because... Oh, I was so bad. <laughs> so bad. I was like Lindsay Lohan, bad, but a black girl. And I would, I, when I did not want to pay a phone bill, I would just go to another phone company and get another phone and that's it. And maybe only give the phone number to a few people who I thought needed it. So one of those times prior to it being the last time I saw my friend, he said, you know, Marcy, you don't think about that people care about you. You don't care about that. And again, I'm in my early 20s. I flip my hair, dismiss what he said. I look back at him and he's looking at me in that same way that he always looks at me. And I know he can see through me, but I'm continuing to play that role and be that actress, be that bad girl. And he could see through me. And like I said, these guys were about 10 years older than me. So they, you know, even though when they say maturity wise, like guys, it's a two year difference. These guys are 10 years older. So they could, they could see through me. Uh, the difference was this particular friend, I could see that he was annoyed that I was being like that because he could see through me. The other guys, you know, it was like probably not, it was, it was whatever. This particular friend, it was different. When he said that I didn't care, I didn't think about that people cared about me and wondered if I was okay. I have thought about that so often through the years and he was so correct. I didn't care at the time and it was so wrong 
And it was so wrong also because, like I said, that particular evening in August 2003, if he had not stayed for me, stayed with me, I probably wouldn't be here today doing this podcast because that was not going to end well. I learned, I saw a photo from another friend from that time frame that I liked and he put a picture up in December of 2020 and it was three guys, him and two other guys. And one of the guys I knew was my friend, but it said RIP in parentheses after his name. So I was floored. And it took me about two months before I reached out to my friend that posted that picture because he and this other guy were close friends. It took me about two months before I was ready to ask what I thought was correct. I reached out to him and I asked him if that was the person that I thought it was in the picture. And he confirmed that it was. And even though for two months I saved that picture to my phone and although he was much younger, I had an idea because I knew his name and I knew those two were close. Um, I could hold on to maybe the fact that it was not true. But when I was able to reach out to my friend who could confirm that yes that was his close friend my friend that I've been speaking about this whole time I was so so fucking sad and I'll tell you why because as we are reading this book about forgiveness this month I never said thank you to this person I never said thank you for seeing me thank you for realizing BS when it was BS and thank you for being there for me while I was going through these young stupid years Please forgive me. I'm so glad that you could see through me. And I appreciate it. And I've thought of you often. I've talked about you often. And how you were there for me. And that's what made me sad. And recalling him saying to me, Marcy, you never care that other people care about you. You just do what you want and you don't think that other people care about your well-being. It makes me sad because everyone else who knew me in that period of time, I was able to apologize and ask for forgiveness. And even when I got on the other side of that weird and stupid and fun period of life, and I moved away. And I mean, even after that, I was in Los Angeles for quite a while before I moved to Colorado. 
I did the same thing. I never thought about how he who could always see through me and cared, I never said thank you and forgive me. And that is something I have to live with. And it sucks. It sucks a lot. What I wrote down for the gift of forgiving this week. Forgiveness feels like peace is mentioned in the book. It does. It does. This is one opportunity, though, where I unfortunately did not get the opportunity to ask this person for forgiveness and to thank them for being there for me. I also wrote about by giving love, love comes back to you. Now, when I got on the other side of this period of life, I got back to who I always was. And that feels good, current day. And as I was unable to thank that person, the best thing I can do is live my life in love and positivity and give kindness. Be forgiving because he was forgiving to me. He could see through me and that's why he stuck around as he could tell that was just basically a little girl acting playing grown up and it was BS (sighs) he was kind he was kind to me at a period of life when I chose to pocket my kindness and I thank you I'm so sorry that I never said thank you and forgive me even when I was on the other side of that I'm so sorry but thank you I'm Marcy Lundy and this is the cult of kindness The Cult of Kindness is a masterclass for those of us on our journey of kindness. For various stages of kindness, for those of us that have always been kind, for those of us that want to be kind but don't want our kindness taken for weakness, and for those of us who've never been kind but understand the value of kindness. I share this story with you to let you know I am also still on my kindness journey. My heart has always been kind, but for the years I chose to pocket that kindness, I have tells. <laughs> but that that person that I just talked about, that that stays with me always. 
I love you all. And be kind. Be kind. And forgive. And love.